Hello and welcome to a new season, a new year of Bad Movie Sunday. I am one of your hosts, Ashley. And I'm your other host, Amy. We are a podcast that watches bad movies so you don't have to. We roast them. We toast them. And we're going to have a lot of fun. If you're new to the podcast, we have been doing this for, this is the beginning of our third year now, which is really exciting. We've had our first season was our roasting season where we, you know, we got the marshmallows out. We got out the hot dogs. We absolutely burned them to a crisp season two. We're like, okay, we got to be a little bit nicer to these movies. That was our toasting season. We got out our champagne glasses, our hearty beer mugs. I don't know what else you toast. Uh, uh, Toast. We got out our... We got out our toasters. Um, and this season is going to be our have a lot of fun. Roast them, toast them, have a lot of fun. This is going to be our have a lot of fun season. Um, we're starting 2021 off fresh. We are wiping off the grime that was 2020 and starting it new. We thought this year, yeah, last year was so, last year was so last year. You know what we mean by that. Um, do we thought, this year, you know what? We're just going to have a lot of fun with the movies that we uh, roast and toast. So we decided, I mean, if you read the title of this, you know what we decided, but we're watching Sharknado 2 today, a classic. Oh yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. And we, we figured, because last year, for the first episode of our toasting season, we did Sharknado 1. So this year, we got to start the year off right with Sharknado 2. Because, I mean, we had a lot of toasts last year for it, and now we're going to have a lot of fun. 2021, have a lot of fun. That's that's our new official catchphrase. 2021, have a lot of fun. That's our season three catchphrase. Catch us saying it every other sentence because it's so catchy. That was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> 2021, have a lot of fun. That's the motto we're going to live by. <laughs> yeah, we enjoyed Sharknado so much last year. I was not expecting to like it. Um, I thought it was going to be so dumb. But it was like one of our favorite movies last year. So we decided to start off our have a lot of fun season. We are going to have a lot of fun. Watch a, watch a, a sequel to a movie that we really enjoyed. And we hope you really enjoy. Yeah, I mean, how can you go wrong with The Asylum? They're like... The funnest episodes that we ever do on this podcast are like asylum episodes from, you know, all these, all these parody movies. We got Sharknado. We did, it was never released, but we did Airplane versus Volcano, which was fun. And it kind of, kind of reminded me of Sharknado 2 a little bit, especially the first scene in Sharknado 2 because it did involve an airplane. Um, this year coming up, we have uh, some surprises up our sleeve could be some more asylum movies that we're planning but it's gonna be so fun it's gonna be so fun also if you guys have noticed we have a new theme song which i mean we gotta after as ashley said we gotta wipe off that grime from last year we gotta start fresh new new theme new theme song okay (laughs) yo you know what you're right yeah last year was so dirty so stanky we're all gonna, we're all gonna take just one collective bad movie bath. Jump in the bath with us. We got some, we got some suds. We got some 2021 scented suds. Just wipe yourself off from last year. 
so we're doing Sharknado 2. Uh, and if you haven't listened to our Sharknado 1 episode, I suggest you uh, go do that so you're all caught up. It doesn't really matter that much. You can probably watch Sharknado 2 without seeing Sharknado 1 or without listening to our Sharknado 1 episode. Um, but we do cover what uh, happened in that movie if you do want to get caught up. But if you haven't heard of Sharknado 2, I've got a little summary here from IMDb. And it says, Finn and April are on their way to New York City until a Category 7 hurricane spawns heavy rain, storm surges, and deadly Sharknados. Oh, wow. You already know what's about to happen here. (laughs) And honestly, we watched the first Sharknado like a year ago. So I remembered absolutely nothing from the last movie. There's a couple things in this movie that I think I have to clarify with you, Amy, because I, like, did not remember half of these characters, whether they were in the first one. But you know what? It's fine. We're going going into this year fresh, going into this movie fresh. So this movie's got um got kind of an all-star cast. <laughs> we have some returning characters. We have some new characters. And we have some questionable uh cameos that we are going to talk about (laughs) yes um so first off if you've seen the first sharknado episode i think two only two of the characters are returning we of course have finn of course oh as a reminder his name is finn so we're already starting off pretty fun or should I say pretty Finn? Um, so Ian Ziering comes back as Finn. Um, and we have from the first movie, Finn's ex-wife, who he got back together with at the end of the movie, uh, April, who's played by Tara Reed. And I listened to our first Sharknado episode just to catch up. I almost forgot that they got back together at the end of the movie because the whole time he was being, like, pursued by this young bartender girl, Nova, uh, and then she went after his son at the end, and then he got back with his ex-wife. So you're all caught up there. Um, introduced in this new installment in the series is Ellen, Finn's sister, and then Ellen's family. So... Um, we have Finn's brother-in-law, Finn's uh, nephew. I think his niece is also in there. And um, if Finn's brother-in-law looks familiar, Ashley, you might recognize him from our uh, Scooby-Doo episode. Uh, because he's played by Mark McGrath, <laughs> a.k.a. the lead singer of Sugar Ray. Sorry, the lead singer of Sugar Ray. Again, just to clarify, the lead singer of Sugar Ray... Uh, by the way, there's not a single Sugar Ray song in this movie, but the lead singer of Sugar Ray plays Finn's brother-in-law. Um, <laughs> there, um, yeah, uh, you know, if you haven't listened to our Scooby-Doo episode, um, Sugar Ray pops up for a rant. At least, you know, Sugar Ray in this in Scooby-Doo was like singing in this movie. He's just. Yeah, a renowned actor, Scooby-Doo, uh, uh, lead hero? Also, also he's in Sugar Ray. I mean, I think that's the order he should be introduced in. Um, <laughs> Scooby-Doo aficionado, Scooby-Doo actor, also, he, also he's in Sugar Ray. But like, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's so funny how everyone thinks that the lead in in the Scooby Doo movie, uh, in any Scooby Doo movie, is Scooby Doo himself. But obviously, obviously, it's Mark McGrath, lead singer of Sugar Ray. I mean, the star, the superstar, is here. He played himself in that movie. But here we get to see his his acting chops that they really didn't let him show off in the Scooby-Doo movie. And I'm so grateful that the director of Sharknado 2 finally let us see how good of an actor. In addition to being a great singer, a.k.a. the lead singer of Sugar Ray, how amazing an actor Mark McGrath truly is. Oh, absolutely. You know, the execs over at Asylum sitting down, having a nice... Nice uh, uh, family movie time turned on Scooby Doo for their kids and the watching it through. They're like, yeah, this is cool. This is solving a mystery, whatever. Get to that beach scene. They're like, pause. Lil- Timmy, uh, uh, Alicia, pause the damn movie. Who is that? Who's that hot piece <laughs> of of southern summer sun, sweet angeled voice man in this one clip <laughs> in the Scooby? In this one clip of the live-action Scooby-Doo movie, we gotta get him big. And like you said, okay, <laughs> like you said, um, Sugar Ray does not sing in this movie, which is a little bit of a disappointment. But if you were like, "Damn, that sucks," this movie doesn't have any Sugar Ray songs in it. I do have a uh, a little bit of a, a a light at the end of the tunnel for while it does not have any Sugar Ray songs. It does have an original song by, I think, Quint, um, that plays at the beginning of this movie that I had to immediately pause and go check if it, the, the, the lyrics for. I, can I read you, Amy, and the beautiful, wonderful listeners, some of the just, I, shall I say profound? Can I say emotional, deep lyrics? that Quint has provided us for this song, I think, called The Ballad of Sharknado. Please, please do. I I mean, to bless us, the first episode of this season, to bless us with these lyrics is just, we all need it. So go right ahead, Ashley. Okay, I'm not going to read the whole thing, because she's a, well, she's not too hefty, but a lot of these are repeating lyrics. Um... There are just some, some just absolute five-star Michelin chef kiss uh, lyrics near the middle. But I got to tell you, um, this, <laughs> this song starts off, um, if you didn't know what this movie was about, maybe you're like, oh, Sharknado, I could, what could that possibly be? But Quint has you covered. They come in first lyrics in this in this um just absolute ballad of a song shark 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 <laughs> shark look uh i don't know if you caught those i know they're very sort of like there's a lot of meaning behind them really um so i don't know if you really caught the uh emotional entanglement the deep underlying message that uh this artist was trying to convey. So I'll I'll give it to you again, a little slower this time. Shark, 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 shark. And 
all with exclamation marks after them. Isn't that? Oh my God, your your rendition of this song, I mean, truly rivals the 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 emotional impact that the original had on me. It's uh, you and Mark McGrath team <laughs> up one day. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, thank you. That is such a compliment because I don't know if anyone could ever come close to the just raw internal struggle that I felt listening to this song for the first time. I honestly, I think I may have cried. Um, and those lyrics, those beautiful, profound lyrics are followed up by possibly, possibly even better than those first lyrics, possibly the best Shakespeare could never. Um, let me read you the, the next line in this song. Go, 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 go. Now, let's all wow. take a minute and let that sink in. <laughs> what could they possibly mean by that? There are so many interpretations, you know, when it comes to music. There are so many ways to, you know, I, I think it would help us if you read the next the next little bit, so we can all process it at the same time. You're right, you're right. Okay. Go, 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 go. Run away from... <laughs> Run away from the Sharknado. It is your greatest foe, foe, foe. Oh, just, just snaps all around, you know? Wow. Amazing. Inspiring. Oh, what's, what, what does Lady Gaga say? Amazing, inspiring, and never uh, been done before. Never been done before. Uh, that's truly, <laughs> really, really is. What could they mean by go go go? Is there? I mean, we do see traffic lights in this movie. It could be an allusion to a, a foreshadowing for something that's going to happen that they're going to get, you know, go through a traffic light. Um, they could be going away from the sharks. There's so many directions I think that you could take this. Yeah, they were they were on a plane in a in the beginning. They could be going away from their problems or what oh. they think is going away from their problems, which is actually just going to a different location where there's also a Sharknado. You know, Amy, that is so profound. I hadn't even thought of the the connections that it could have been making to the very opening scene of this movie. Yeah, are 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 there any more emotional I mean, just awe-inspiring lyrics in this song. What Hit me with the best one. Your favorite oh. lyric in the whole song. Oh, there's so many. Okay. I think I think I got to hit you with, oh, ooh, there's so many. There's a couple, there's a couple, there's a couple more that I think I have to, again, not going to go over the whole thing because, I mean, we could spend the whole podcast talking about her, but there are a couple key lines that I think really get across the emotional message of this song. Um, of course, what could a song called The Ballad of Sharknado be without mentioning some specific sharks? <laughs> it starts off, Sharknado! Sharknado. 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 With like little whispered Sharknado. And then it goes on to, Hammerhead is one scary guy. Mako? <laughs> Mako's gonna make you cry. <laughs> Oh shit! Oh shit! You scared of sharks, you little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that you talking to me, or is that part of the lyrics? I wish that was part of the lyrics. That was the Mako talking to you, trying to make you cry. 
Oh, oh he's Mako and me cry for sure. <laughs> Thresher bites. Bye bye bye. <laughs> now that we know is an allusion to the hit in sync song Bye Bye Bye. Absolutely. Um, like we said, so many levels. Um, great whites coming. Open wide. <laughs> you gotta look at all those teeth. Um, wow. This is my new favorite song. Wow. Buy it on iTunes or, or wherever. <laughs> I hope we get a part of the proceeds after they make so much money from that little promo that we did. Um, this song is so good. Um, we got, uh, those fish are gonna take you out. Do they mean, like, for dinner? Is it an allusion to having fish for dinner? Oh, you see, that never occurred to me. See, it's a play on words. You gotta, you gotta really think about it. I don't know if a lot of the listeners really, uh, really just have that artistic quality to take it to the next level to think about what these lyrics truly mean next one we got (laughs) um it's got it's got teeth (laughs) it's got it's got speed (laughs) (laughs) it's got teeth it's got speed now what could that mean Right? Could it be, could it be that, you know, the more teeth a shark has, the faster they go? Oh. We, we, as, as Dominic Toretto himself would say, we live our, (laughs) we, we live our lives a quarter of a tooth at a time. (laughs) You know, uh, if any of you have ever gotten a cavity before, I don't think a lot of you just, you may be like, yeah, okay, it's one cavity. Yeah, okay, what? A, it's it's so much bigger of a deal than that because it's not just a, a part of your tooth that's being taken away. It's your speed, man. If you get a cavity filled in and that that, that is part of your tooth that is not your real tooth, you are not at your peak physical just speed conditions. As I think we can all agree, our Lord and Savior, um, Sonic the Hedgehog, um, <laughs> as re- remastered Sonic the Hedgehog, though, not the kind of, wait, okay, I was, hang on, stay with me, I think I figured it out. I was gonna say not the, not the creepy one that they originally created for that 3D movie with, uh, uh, what's his face? That's like a painter now? Jim Carrey. (laughs) Wait, he's a painter now? (laughs) Yeah, it's like this whole thing. Jim Carrey, like, stopped acting to become just like a painter. And honestly, I respect him so much. (laughs) Um, You know how the original sort of hmm, uncanny valley for that animation was just the creepiest looking little dude. um, And he had, like, eyelids and, like, individual fingernails and just, like, a lot of teeth. And then they redid him because the internet bullied the studio <laughs> enough into changing uh, the animation for him. And he looked more like the uh, cartoon video games. But the original had like, like you could count 
his teeth every time he talked. And you know what? He was speed. As he says, gotta go fast. So maybe the animators specifically added all of those individual tooth fibers to that animation to make him the speediest he could be. And maybe, maybe the internet won by getting a less uncanny animated version of uh, Sonic. But we may have lost the speed. You know, we'll never know. We'll never know in our lifetime how fast that first Sonic truly was. Because all we have is this second toothless Sonic. But with the teeth, with the added teeth, we'll never know. He could have been, I mean, just beaten out all the Olympic runners anywhere, anytime. You know, he could have run around the world and made time go back in time. Because that's how speedy he was. Maybe. But we'll never know. This may, I don't, I don't want this bit to, to go on too long, but um, speaking of the Olympics, uh, did you know that they recently added breakdancing <laughs> to the Olympics? Mm, I'm sorry, what? They recently, the Olympics Grand Council um, recently gathered together. And they were like, hey, guys, we got to add a new sport. People are people have been asking for a while for a new sport. They're like soccer. It's done. You know, uh, uh, people have been watching soccer for ages. Uh, you just kick a ball, whatever. Kind of boring. We need a new sport to add into the Olympics. And out of all they could have added here, here are my um, alternate suggestions. Um, jousting would have been sick. I think we should bring jousting back. Maybe like uh ballet. Maybe. Ballet is very specific. You could be like, no, your toes not pointed enough. Plus it's very similar to uh ice ice skating. Ice ice dancing. Whatever it's called, you know? But instead they chose break dancing. <laughs> and I want to break down this action of choosing break dancing. Not to not to roast any breakdancers out there. I actually watch, like, a ridiculous amount of breakdancing videos on YouTube in my free time. But what a strange choice for the Olympics. <laughs> that, I mean, it is, right? But now I can't wait to get on an updated Wii Sports Resort package. Uh, uh premium package with all of the Olympic sports on it, including breakdancing. I can't wait to accidentally break my neck trying to do a backflip in my own living room. <laughs> oh my god. Um, Can you imagine the new mo- Speaking of Sonic, oh, it all comes full circle. Can you imagine new- the new Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games game? At- with breakdancing? Can you imagine logging on to your uh, uh, your Switch, your Xbox, your Wii, if you still have one, your Wii U, to all of the th- the three people that bought that, um, and just, you know, picking out Waluigi, and just having his long, gangly limbs break dance all over that animated <laughs> floor, can you imagine a greater gift for 2021? Yahoo! <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna make a Waluigi sound, but I forgot what he sounds like. Waluigi's like, uh, well, I don't think he has the second part of the word. I think he's more like a wah. 
Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know how uh, athletes now, like, if you go into the Olympics and you end up doing like steroids or something, you get kicked out of the Olympics.、It、sucks for you. Um, you know, I guess if you're going into the 2020 whatever Olympics and you take steroids, you're a better breakdancer. But what if there was an Olympics that was only steroids? Like you have to take steroids to be in this Olympics.、Ooh. It's the steroids only Olympics where everyone takes some performance enhancing drugs and everyone is the peak top of their game. That makes sense. Because people are like you can't take steroids because not everybody has that has that little upper in their game. But if everyone had that, I why the heck not? You know, <laughs> just because they're what, illegal is that gonna stop us? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> is that gonna stop a break dancer from from popping one from from shoot? I, I don't know how you take them from from taking a, a needle in their butt or whatever. <laughs> No, <laughs> gonna pop lock and pop a pill. <laughs> I think the Olympics are getting too boring. I think、um, we've seen people curl before. We've seen people、uh, do a, a triple a triple twist in skating. I think we need to throw just like some wild cards out there. Maybe when they're doing the hurdles thing. Maybe we throw some spontaneous obstacles in there. Maybe,、um, <laughs> maybe people just like throw their snacks onto the field. That could be good. Maybe、yeah. there's obstacles in soccer now.、Oh, maybe there's if... like giant blow up obstacles. Oh, I do like that. But what if we combine sports? Like we we take、um, ultimate frisbee, for instance, and we also take. Uh, uh, the long distance running, and as the runners are like going around the track, these frisbee players are just throwing frisbees at them the whole time. That is brilliant. What about um? I only know like three sports, so I keep naming the same ones. What about um, like figure skating and basketball, where you have to perform a triple axel and then skate over to the other side and then. Dunk a hoop. Ooh, yo! You gotta, you gotta do your triple axel, and as you're spinning, they throw the ball at you, and you gotta smack it while you're in the middle of your triple axel, and it's gotta get that three points for your team. Oh, there's a whole team of people with you, by the way. Oh, obviously. What I love that. What if you are the ball? What if this? What if? What if we have immersive basketball, where? You're on the skating rink. You do your triple axel,、um, but instead of throwing a ball or getting hit by a ball, you are the ball, and you have to jump into the hoop. That's what that that's what that triple spin is for. That's what that saying is: be the ball. Because <laughs> literally, you gotta jump right into that hoop from the three point line. It's been a prophecy the whole time. Okay, hang on.、Um, I thought of another sport, and it relates to this movie. Is it being the ball? <laughs> no, but you know how they have Olympic swimming, yeah. What if、uh, spontaneous obstacles? Sharks? Oh, just throw a couple sharks in the water. Then those guys are gonna swim as fast as they can. Swimming got, with the sharks. Ooh, with the sharks, we got that motivation. Yeah, and then if they do something wrong, they're swimming with the fishes. <laughs>
you see those pictures on like uh google or whatever like those meme pictures that are like oh my god if you ever feel useless at least you're not a lifeguard at the olympics for the swimming competition (laughs) okay you know what at least now with this new shark pool swimming uh competition the lifeguards would have an actual use because they would have to save people from the sharks we are creating oh. jobs in this podcast. I do like that. Yeah, you know what? The Olympics need like a revamp. They've been around since the Greek times, the ancient <laughs> Greek times or what have you. We've seen it all before, but we haven't seen people willingly swim away from sharks <laughs> in a stadium full of other people watching. Now, this is, I mean, revolutionary. This is this is a game changer. Literally, we're changing all of the Olympic games that are. <laughs> that we're so used to <laughs> yeah see this adds like actual stakes to the olympics because you watch the olympics now and you're like yeah okay canada got the bronze they didn't get they didn't get gold but that's fine they got some elite. this one it's like no you're swimming for your life man you win the olympics are you lose your life oh shit that's the new tagline that's the oh. new tagline right there what, how come we're so good at taglines? We got 2021, <laughs> have a lot of fun. That's our year-long tagline. But we also got, I mean, an Olympic tagline. Oh, the Olympics committee better be calling us up today or tomorrow, and the they Olympics, better be saying, hey, Olympics, we're going to implement all of your changes. <laughs> the Olympics Grand Council uh, better be calling us up to make us a master. <laughs> They, we are masters, and we have the right to be on the council. Anakin could never. <laughs> Speaking of music, though, before we move on from this topic, I just want to say a couple quick things about Sharknado 2's soundtrack. We, of course, have that, I mean, amazing, poetic opening song by the band Quint, named after one of the characters in Jaws. And if you look at the credit, at the song credits at the end of the movie, most of the songs are by Quint, and some are written by the director of this movie, and I think Billy Ray Cyrus, who is also in this movie, by the way, Billy Ray Cyrus, I think, wrote a song, not a Quint song, just a song in general. They're like, oh, we're 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 gonna get Billy Ray on here, and we're gonna milk him. Not only is is he going to act for us, he we're also going to get a song out of him. So we have a, a a classic Billy Ray song. I don't know which one. I just saw his name up there. And for another song, I think the guy who plays Finn's nephew in the movie sang one of the songs. So this is like, I mean, an all-star cast because not only can they act, but the director's out here writing songs. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus doing double time as an actor and a songwriter on this soundtrack. A lot of, most of the songs are originals by Quint, but surprisingly no songs by Sugar Ray still. No, we, we are very adamant. I am, uh, I mean, we have not seen the third Sharknado yet, but, um, I do hope that they take this Sugar Ray theme they have going in this movie to the next level and add some add some Sugar Ray songs. You know, it would I, we have this kind of like aquatic theme going for Sharknado, right? I'm sure you could have like a just like a scene where, oh yeah, oh my god, all these sharks are falling th- from the sky, but what's that? It's a manta ray. 
Who's that writing it? It's Sugar Ray. <laughs> wow, mic drop. The movie's over. Like, how can you top that? Don't you know that's how we got his name? Is he uh, fell out of a tornado riding a mattress? Well, speaking of, we'll get to that scene soon enough. So let's um, get to our drinking game like we have every episode. And I think you're going to like this drink. I think, well, I don't know if you're going to like the actual drink, but you're going to like the name of this drink because it does relate to a specific scene in Sharknado 2 that we will get to in our breakdown. It's called the Electric Shark. Oh, my God. That's so good, Amy. Amy, that's perfect. The electric shower. And we'll say exactly what we mean by that when we get to that scene. But for now, I'm just going to tell you how to make the electric shark. It actually looks really good. Um, so what you're going to need is one ounce of spiced rum, four ounces of pineapple juice, and two ounces of blue curacao. So what you do is, in an ice-filled glass, combine your spiced rum, your blue curacao, and your pineapple juice. Shake well, then you add ice to a serving glass. Well, okay, so in the directions, in the first step, there's already an ice-filled glass involved. And then in the second, in the second step, it says, add ice to serving glass. It's Hang on. You got an, you take an ice filled glass and you put some ice in that glass and put it in another glass, a bigger glass than the first one. I think I it's th- pretty clear. I, I think they mean in the first step in a shaker of ice because it says shake well. I don't know how you're supposed to shake a glass. Anyway, so what I'm just going to make some changes to this uh, recipe. So I'm going to say in a shaker. Full of ice, you combine your spice rum, blue curacao, and pineapple juice, you shake that up. And then in a separate glass that you're actually going to drink from, I think there you add some more ice. Uh, you strain the mixture into that, and you top with ginger beer. And then you also garnish with pineapple leaves and a cherry. And the pineapple leaf should, like, stick out like a shark fin, I guess. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> Oh, that's the perfect drink. I know. And we're going to talk a lot about what happens at the end of the movie. Uh, I'm not really sure, even after watching it, but (laughs) we'll have some things to say about that. Um, So we also have a drinking game that goes along with this. And um, we'll try to yell a drink whenever these things happen. But um, we might not. (laughs) This is a new season, but we're going to try. But... We do have old habits. Um, so let's just go back and forth with this. My first point is every time someone's head gets bitten off by a shark. Okay, very good. I had a every time someone gets eaten by a shark slash crushed by something. So just like a general death meter might work for you. Um, so besides that, my first point is every time there's a, a news clip. <laughs> oh, okay. That's similar to one that I had, which is every time you see a cameo from a celebrity who's playing themselves, which is usually like a talk show host or like a news anchor or something like that. Okay, very cool. I have any time, this movie takes place in New York, by the way, so anytime someone says something just unabashedly New York, like, forget about it, I'm walking here. (laughs) That's good. 
I have, and I counted three times this happened. It、uh, could be more. Every time you see a Subway ad, Subway sandwiches ad. Oh, we love that subtle promo. Um, I have every time Finn, our main character, and his brother-in-law talk about like old times and what they did as kids. Oh, okay. My last one is every time someone just runs away from something. Okay, that's <laughs> all <Soul> movie. <laughs> My last one is every time someone mentions the dynamic duo. Ooh, okay. So now, if you don't want to be spoiled for Sharknado Two, if you want to watch the movie, which I suggest you do,、um, you should probably pause here, go watch the movie, and then come back and listen to our thoughts. But if you don't mind being spoiled, we're gonna go into it right now, and we're gonna break it down scene by scene. And uh. If you somehow haven't seen the original classic movie、uh, Sharknado One, <laughs>、um, just a little quick recap: There was a dude who was a famous surfer, who's our main character also in this movie, Finn,、um, and there was a tornado that had sharks in it that got sucked up by the ocean. So then it was the Sharknado, and it wreaked havoc on his little surfer town.、Um, but then he survived,、um, and that. Is the first movie? Yep,、yeah. and we in the second movie we pick up, I guess, a little bit after that because Finn and his ex-wife have written a book called How to Survive a Sharknado, and they're going to New York. In the first movie, they were in L.A. I think, and they're going to New York to promo their book. And <laughs> the first scene, which is maybe my favorite scene in this whole movie, is they're on this. CGI fake plane, <laughs> and there's like a lot of like random cameos of of people who just end up getting eaten right away in the scene. Um, Kelly Osborne, aka Ozzy Osborne's daughter, is the flight attendant. Uh, somewhere in there, Will Wheaton was a passenger on the plane.、Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of celebrity cameos, and not just in this scene, but in the whole movie. Yeah, like we mentioned, like Billy Ray Cyrus pops up for like two seconds as a surgeon or something. We, I mean,、uh, what what franchise besides Sharknado could get these just A-list cameos for them to pop in? Like, yeah, I'm Billy Ray Cyrus. I'll pop in for half a second in this movie. Hell yeah. <laughs> They want to be part of this legacy, and I don't blame them because it's who doesn't want to be part of Sharknado, the Sharknado franchise. Oh no, absolutely! It's like the MCU now. Billy Ray Cyrus, Will Wheaton, whoever Kelly Osbourne can be, they can brag to their oh yeah oh okay uh uh Miley, my beautiful daughter Miley. Okay, sure <laughs> you were on Hannah Montana. I, I Billy Ray Cyrus, your father. And part of the Sharknado cinematic universe. Can you say that, Miley? No. <laughs> the S C U. He was on Hannah Montana, and he's in the S C U.、Oh. Can Miley do that? Never. Never. <laughs> Literally never, because they ended the series. No one, no one who wasn't in the series by the seventh movie or whatever, they're never gonna get a chance now. And that's sad, but that's that's how it is. That <laughs> not everyone can get lucky. <laughs> That's how it is. So yeah, the the characters from the first movie are on this 
plane. Um, and as Amy said, it's one of the best. I mean, this movie is full, just chalked, absolute full of iconic, fantastic mwah, scenes. And this, just, I mean, the first scene of the movie is no exception. Um, they're riding on this plane and just randomly <laughs> a Sharknado happens. <laughs> Finn is looking out of the window of the plane because he's got the window seat. And I think he thinks he's like hallucinating that there's a shark on the wing of the plane. And uh, the Kelly Osborne, the air stewardess, comes around and she's like, are you OK, sir? And he's like, like, yeah, I'm good. Doesn't mention the shark at all. Because uh, <laughs> he's like traumatized by the first Sharknado. So he goes to the bathroom. And this is. Like, I, it has no impact on the story. It's just so funny for no reason. He goes to the bathroom, right? Because he's, he, he needs to refresh himself. He needs to, you know, uh, snap out of it. He thinks he's having some kind of hallucination about a shark on the plane. So he splashes some water on his face and there's this lady for no reason outside the door, just like knocking aggressively on the bathroom door. And then he comes out and she, she sniffs the air and she makes this like disgusted face, but he didn't even like, he didn't do anything in there. <laughs> he just washed his face. <laughs> I don't like, does he smell like sharks? <laughs> she I don't know what I was trying to apply <laughs> because in another movie, it would have been like, oh, he made a stinky, he made a stinky, but he didn't make a stinky, he just washed his face. Maybe this movie, I mean, there's so much character development to this movie. Maybe they're just, like, trying to add another character trait to this already so well-rounded main character Finn of ours that, that we're like, okay, yeah, uh, what have we learned about him so far? He was a surfer. He wrote a book. He survived the Sharknado. He's got, he's got real bad B.O. <laughs> We need something to humble our main character and just oh, being yeah. a real stinker in the first scene and then never mentioning it again, I think is a good way to do that. We don't want to humble him too much. We don't want to make him think that he's a weak or something. He's just a little stinky, though. <laughs> no, see, that's the problem with a lot of movies. A lot of characters are like too perfect, right? They're like, oh, yeah, you're the big action hero. You saved the day. But like, you never have to struggle. Nothing ever goes wrong for you. So this movie, the, the genius directors at Asylum decided, you know what? Our hero, we do have to humble him a little. We do have to give him a little bit of a, a struggle in his life so that he's not this like plain, plain Jane, but for a dude, <laughs> whatever that's called. Um, he just, Maybe he stinks. <laughs> Maybe he just stinks real bad. <laughs> we gotta give him something that the people can relate to. You know, everyone has those days where they leave the house and they're like, I didn't put my deodorant on. Even Finn has those days. And that's what they're trying to show us. That he's human, just like the rest of us. And sometimes he stinks a little bit. Yeah, and you know what? It was a good thing that they added that scene in because the the literal next thing that he does is like most heroic. Uh, this Sharknado like spontaneously happens because they're flying in this storm, 
And, uh, you know, plane kind of gets, like, torn in half. The captain gets eaten. The the co-captain gets eaten. And so main dude Finn, he has to fly the plane through this Sharknado. He's got to keep all the passengers calm. He's got to land the plane. So maybe it is humbling that he's just got, just got a little stank <laughs> just to keep him human. <laughs> they want you to know the whole time that he's saving this plane full of people... That he's just ripe. You know, he <laughs> he has to get that cockpit to himself because he's just so <laughs> rank. <laughs> he's just... Yeah, there there is. a OK, because um he goes to the main cockpit to fly and then his ex-wife that he is flying with kind of like goes up to the cockpit to help him. But she never goes like inside the cockpit. Now, granted, the door of the plane did fly off and she had to uh she's like now hanging out the side of the plane uh uh tom cruise style there's like the wildest scene i think i've ever seen in my entire life the air marshal also gets pulled to where um she is and hands her a gun so she's now like hanging out the side of this plane by her fingertips shooting these (laughs) sharks in a tornado with a with a pistol. Wow. But at least she didn't have to go into that hmm, just just rank cockpit. So maybe no. things are good for her. That's what she chose to do instead of helping out her rank ex-husband. <laughs> and you know what? It didn't work out so well for her. Because as she's holding the gun out, shooting these sharks, a shark flies into the hole in the the gaping hole in the plane and bites her damn hand off the one with the gun (laughs) she's like bleeding from the bone yeah and dude that that is gonna come back believe it or not that random wild scene is gonna come full circle by the end of this movie that is how good the writing is in this movie (laughs) (laughs) Um, so when they land, the wife has to get taken to Billy Ray Cyrus's hospital. That's what it's called, the hospital of uh, BRC. Um, I wish. <laughs> and Billy Ray Cyrus has got to, like, fix up her hand or whatever. So while she's in the hospital, Finn is like, oh, my God, there's a Sharknado coming. Uh, we got to warn everyone because his family, his sister, her husband, uh, Sugar Ray, <laughs> and their two kids, are vacationing in New York and he's like, oh my God, my sister and her family are here. I gotta, I gotta go warn them. So he calls his sister and he manages to warn her and the daughter because they're together, but he can't get a hold of Sugar Ray and the son because they're at some ball game, phone died or whatever. So he can't get a hold of them. So he's got to book it to this uh, stadium to try to warn his, his son and, <laughs> and a famous lead singer of Sugar Ray. <laughs> Before we we talk about the baseball game and all of that, I I think we've glossed over the whole Billy Ray Cyrus is a surgeon at the Billy Ray Cyrus Hospital scene. Um, And I was doing some digging, right, on this movie, uh, a.k.a. reading the Wikipedia page. And 
so I'll, I'll just give you a piece of trivia here. So many of the cameo appearances in this movie made nods to previous roles that the guests had played. So, for example, the pilot at the beginning was previously a pilot in the movie Airplane, and the taxi guy was a taxi driver in the show Taxi, and whatever, whatever. Um, Billy Ray Cyrus, I don't know if you know this because he was most famously known for the hit show Hannah Montana, but <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus had his own doctor show. Um, Billy Ray Cyrus had his own doctor show called Doc, and he himself was the main character, Doc. Now, let me just read you, let me just read you a little bit, because I went down a rabbit hole about this on Wikipedia. So, Doc is an American medical drama with strong Christian undertones, starring <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus as Dr. Clint Doc Cassidy, a Montana doctor who takes a job in a New York City medical clinic. Now, oh my God, I was doing some research on Billy Ray Cyrus. Is he from Montana? No, he's from Kentucky. So Montana, Hannah Montana. Now we're, we're, we're putting up those strings on our wall, like X-Files style. Um, a Montana doctor, a Hannah Montana doctor in New York City. And in this movie, he's in New York City. Could he be playing the same Dr. Clint Doc Cassidy as he was in the hit show Doc that I've never heard of? Oh Could my. Be. Gosh, that's absolutely brilliant. Also, I love the fact that his name is Doc Doc. Like he's Doctor Doctor. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Doctor giving them giving the news. Got a bad case of loving you. Um, <laughs> so, wow, this cinematic universe keeps expanding, huh? Do you think the taxi guy was the same taxi character? The airplane pilot was the same airplane character. So all these movies, all these movies are connected, dude. Yeah, in the Sharknado cinematic universe. And I do want to say uh, well, one or a couple more things about uh, the show Doc. It was set in New York City, but all the episodes were filmed and shot in Toronto. Interesting. Oh, hell yeah. A personal con- connection now. And speaking of personal connections, uh, Miley Cyrus herself appeared in three episodes. And Noah Cyrus, the little sister, also oh. appeared. And you will not believe this, Michael Sarah appeared. What? In an episode of Doc as Max, a distraught preteen boy whose parents are on the edge of divorce. Oh my gosh, Max is already my favorite character. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, this movie was so good, but I do think it could have uh could have used a little a little dollop, a little sprinkling of Michael Sarah energy. Oh, yeah, it's too bad that he is not part of the cinematic universe. But by extension, he is, because if Billy Ray Cyrus is the same doctor as in Doc, that connects the Doc universe to the Sharknado cinematic universe. And so Michael Sarah does exist in this universe as someone whose parents got divorced. <laughs> yeah, and that is a very uh, defining characteristic there. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. The All these movies and tv shows getting thrown into the sharknado cinematic universe like like sharks coming out of a tornado (laughs) exactly like that also just want to add that after april comes out of her surgery where they had to like amputate half her arm she's like totally cool she's just like (laughs) yep that's that on that i guess i have no arm now like not even a little bit upset (laughs) 
She's like, yeah, I guess I, can I, like, can I go? And Billy Cyrus is like, uh, no, you have to stay in, in emergency care until she's like, well, I don't, like, I feel fine. Um, I'm just gonna go out into this, uh, this Sharknado and try to find my rank husband. So peace. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna sniff him out, get his head, <laughs> follow his trail. <laughs> so uh, he, he being Finn, uh, is right now tracking down his brother-in-law, Sugar Ray, and his nephew, Sugar Ray's son, um, at this baseball game. Um, and he gets there, like, just in time, uh, for the storm to hit, and he's gotta, like, try to, try to evacuate everyone. Um, and at this baseball game, he also meets his other ex-wife, um, apparently he's had two ex-wives, um, who's like, you know, there's hints that she's trying to get back with him. Um, one of the hints being that she kisses him in the very first scene she's in. Was that his ex-wife or just ex-girlfriend? I don't know. (laughs) I thought it was, oh, like his ex-girlfriend, but later he mentions something about, oh, we were good when we were married, but I don't know if that meant that when he was married... It's kind of confusing because I thought that the the wife at the beginning of the movie, uh, April, that got her hand bit off, um, was his wife, not ex-wife. Um, but later on, we find out that that's not true. So the relationships are a little iffy. I'm, you know what? To, to keep things simple, we're going to have ex-wife as the girl who got her hand cut off and ex-girlfriend as this new girl. Okay, that makes... Because I don't know, when I was listening to the parts about their backstory, it seemed to me like they dated maybe in high school, but also they didn't make it very clear. The writers love to leave things up to your interpretation. <laughs> oh, yeah. I understand that. Um, So we're... Well, yeah, I think well, let's just call her the ex-girlfriend to make it easier on us. Um, So, yeah, uh, she kisses him. Finn's like... No thanks. And she's like, okay. Um, anyway. <laughs> and then we get the most random yet beautiful scene, I think, in this whole movie. Um, one of his, like, random friends <laughs> is at this, uh, baseball game. He's not super important. He dies, like, immediately. Um, but he's just, like, getting some snacks at this snack counter or whatever. And he sees this dude in front of him in line. And he's like, oh, my God, you're this, like, super famous ex-baseball player. Uh, What are you doing at this baseball game? (laughs) The dude's like, oh, son, let me tell you a story. And he, he, this, like, random old dude, like, dives into his meticulous, emotional backstory to this random dude in line. And his backstory is like... I I used to be a great pitcher, but then one day my dad came to see my game, and I didn't pitch good, so I stopped playing. And I, oh, antique, most beautiful backstory I'd ever seen. So we kind of forget about him for, like, two seconds. <laughs> and then Finn comes in. He's like, yo, there's a Sharknado on the way. And everyone's like, oh, shit, there's a Sharknado on the way. So Finn manages to evacuate this entire <laughs> stadium full of people and they all have to evacuate to the subway except for that one ex-baseball player who like stays behind and he finds this random baseball bat and 
sharks start coming out of the Sharknado, start flying towards the baseball field, and he just takes a swing, and he gets a home run. And he, I mean, (laughs) the character development for even the most minor characters in this movie. I mean, what more can you say? He came, he has been in this movie for a total of two scenes, maybe a minute and a half total. And he's already had an entire sports movie worth of character development. (laughs) You know what? I do like, because this happens a couple of times. It happens with the baseball guy. And we also get other snippets of, like, construction workers talking and, like, having little conversations before they eventually get eaten or have to run away or something. Um, It happens with, like, these two uh, uh, garbage uh, collectors. Um, I kind of like the little conversations and the little backstories we get from all these random people in New York that we uh, don't see for longer than like two or three minutes total, but they're like kind of interesting. I don't know. I like that. I don't remember if they did that in the first movie, but I like that they did that here. Oh my god, me too. That was so good. Everyone in this movie gets a backstory. You get a backstory. Oprah's in the studio handing out backstories to every extra she sees. (laughs) So after they get out of the baseball stadium, Finn and uh, Mark McGrath, superstar from Sugar Ray, and his son go to the subway. And as they're riding the subway, the whole time Finn has been talking about it mostly to his ex-wife. But the whole time there's been some kind of tension between him and his brother-in-law. And we don't really know why until this scene where they kind of reveal some backstory. So the whole reason that Finn kind of has a problem with Sugar Ray, even though they kind of grew up together and they know each other really well, is because Sugar Ray started dating his sister and when they were growing up, Finn and Sugar Ray were both kind of fuckboy types, is what I'm getting out of this. And Finn didn't want, like, a a, a fuckboy type dating his sister. So he was kind of mad when uh, his friend Sugar Ray started dating her and then eventually married her and all of that. Because he's like, that's not the type of guy that I would want my sister to date. I know I was that kind of guy, too, but, like, I don't trust him, blah, blah, blah. And then they kind of talk about all of that in that scene and then of course gotta give it to him the the sharks start flooding the subway (laughs) there's this um sugar ray has this one friend who was kind of annoying and he gets eaten in this scene so don't worry about him anymore but he gets eaten the sharks start flooding the subway they actually bite the friend in the ass or something and also they like eat this random alligator that was in the subway or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they got to evacuate the subway because now it's flooded with sharks. Um, they end th- we mentioned a taxi guy um, a little bit before. There's just like this random dude that's just like a normal taxi driver that becomes Finn's like chauffeur <laughs> this entire movie. He's like, yeah, if you need me, just, like, call me up and I'll drive you anywhere. No need to pay. Don't even pay me. I just, uh, I'm just, so they get this taxi driver dude to drive them all around New York trying to pick up weapons 
because they're like, we got to take on this Sharknado. Last movie, if you hadn't seen it, how they defeated, I guess is the word, uh, the Sharknado, was they, um, and I don't think you're ready for this, they threw a bomb into it. They made a... <laughs> They made a homemade bomb and they threw it into a tornado. And it, and it, the wildest thing is it worked. Yeah, you might be thinking, wouldn't that make the bomb and the tornado more dangerous? No, it neutralized both of them. <laughs> so this movie, they're like, we saw the first Sharknado movie. We know what to, we lived the first Sharknado movie. We, we know what to do. So they're trying to like make another homemade bomb and also get weapons to slash up any sharks that they come across in the way and so meanwhile while they're doing this the city starts flooding there's sharks everywhere of course and they get all their weapons and stuff that they need um and now their goal is to get up to a super tall building and throw their bomb into a tornado like last time um but because the city flooded their cab can't move anymore because there's sharks everywhere. So they got to play just like the the most dangerous game of the floor is lava, except <laughs> the floor is sharks. <laughs> and they, they got to, like, jump on the sharks' backs to try to get to a different car from the roof of their flooded taxi. Um, Man, it is wild. Well... The first three people, so Sugar Ray, Sugar Ray's son, and the girl that used to date Finn, they get, like, this rope thing, and then they they hang the rope from somewhere, and then they can, like, kind of Tarzan rope swing from one car to the other. And then the taxi dude tries to do it, and he gets gobbled up. He gets the shark's feast on him uh and then they also take the rope so finn has like no way to get across so of course he just steps over them (laughs) and uh meanwhile as that's happening finn's sister and his niece are uh going to sightsee like the statue of liberty or something so they're on this ferry and then the sharks start surrounding the ferry, and the sister's like, we need to move the boat faster. <laughs> As if they're, like, driving the boat, which they're not. Um, and then they don't, like, talk to the captain of the boat or anything like that. They're just, like, standing really close to the railing um, at the edge of the boat to get a better look at the sharks. And just some lady just gets gobbled up because the shark comes <laughs> And and flies up and gobbles her up, and and then uh, Finn's sister uses a taser on it, which somehow tases the shark and not also the lady who got gobbled. <laughs> um, and then I don't know what happens, but the, I guess they like dock the boat, and also the Statue of Liberty head comes off <laughs> and starts rolling down the street. <laughs> And they're at, like, the top of a hill. And instead of stepping to the side, you know the sidewalk, it, the Statue of Liberty head is just rolling down the middle of the street. 
and they're running like lengthwise down the middle of the street in front of it, like Indiana Jones, instead of stepping right to the side onto the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um. Eventually, they're like, "Hey, maybe we should, uh, like pull over." <laughs> and they finally do, and they're like, "Escape that situation <laughs> with our quick thinking." <laughs> So finally, Finn's sister, her daughter, uh, meet the survivors now, which is Finn, his brother-in-law, and the son at this tall building. So everyone's together now. Oh, and also the ex-girlfriend. She's, like, randomly there. So they go to the top of this tall building, make their little makeshift bomb, and they throw it into the storm. But this time, it doesn't, it's not working. Uh, they make another bomb. Throw it in, they make a bigger bomb, throw it in, nothing happens. Um, and I don't, I think they explained, that's in quotes, they explained uh, why it didn't work. Some like, oh, the, the environmental pull of the cold air, and I have literally no clue. So it doesn't work for whatever bullshit science reason. Um, so their new plan they got to escape this building, first of all, which, like, there's now sharks raining from the top of the building, and it's getting flooded with sharks from the bottom. They got to, like, escape through a fire escape. Their new plan is they run to the Empire State Building, and they meet the mayor, <laughs> and they come up with a plan <laughs> with the mayor. And, Amy, I think you and I got to talk out this plan a little uh, so that we both understand it, because I... Sure as hell don't. <laughs> okay, okay. So to to my understanding, he needs to something about the cold air, right? He need he needs to use lightning <laughs> to there's there's some kind of like gas tank or something that he needs to blow up, but he can't blow it up because he got no. No power, no heat source or something. So he's going to use lightning because they're in the middle of a storm with two Sharknadoes. So he's going to use the lightning. Um, you know, like at the end of Back to the Future, he's just going to use, he's going <laughs> to know exactly when the lightning strikes and he's going to use that. He's going to use the lightning. Um, also, I just kind of mentioned that the lightning strikes his building twice in the span of like a minute. Oh. So what they say about lightning not striking twice, true? No, not in this universe. <laughs> False. <laughs> False. Yes, plant is to like electrocute the tornado, I guess. So, oh, oh also... Um, Finn's choice of weapon, uh, in the first movie was, uh, what's the word for it? The, like, thing. Chainsaw. Chainsaw! What if we just started calling objects by the sound that they made now? So chainsaw is the, and, uh, hammer is the, the ping. <laughs> the ping! <laughs> the ping! <laughs> you know you know when you use a hammer and you're like, ping, ping, <laughs> You know the gentle caress of the hammer against the nail, ping. That's more like a, like a ping, you know? <laughs> and if you want to talk about anything uh, soft, like maybe 
maybe a, a stuffed animal, a pillow. You just like can't talk about those because those don't make any noise. <laughs> um, yeah. So his weapon of choice in the first movie was a chainsaw. So the mayor just like has a chainsaw <laughs> on him, I guess. So um, he gives Finn a new chainsaw. Um, so Finn, his ex-wife, and his ex-girlfriend all go up to the top of the Empire State Building to try to electrocute this tornado. Um, the ex-girlfriend uh, has to, like, stay with the fuel tank, whatever it is that they're trying to blow up, um, because the wires won't stick to it or whatever. Um, and then Finn is going to touch the ends of this electric wire to the outside of the building, I get to somehow some sort of current is created enough that they can electrocute the like the building. Um, <laughs> maybe it's because the air is touching the building. The air of the tornado is touching the building. We I, don't know. <laughs> we don't ask us. We are not a science podcast, <laughs> and this movie is not a science movie. So, uh, yeah, they hook a whole bunch of stuff up to electrocute this tornado. But the whole thing is the ex-girlfriend has to, like, stay behind and stay connected to this thing. Um, so when, again, like, Finn is like, ready, three, two, one, and then lightnings. So he, like, he did predict, like, he had, like, an Xavier, Professor Xavier future vision, right? Yeah, because it happened the first time. And it didn't work. And instead of being like, oh, lightning's never going to strike twice in the same place. That's what all the science has told us all this time. He's like, no, today it will strike twice. And And I'm going to be right here. Seconds exactly. (laughs) Yeah, he's going to count it down. And uh, it it did exactly what he thought it would. Because he knows so it somehow works. Um, electrocuting this tornado works. <laughs> the ex-girlfriend sadly, like, gets blown up or something. I don't know. It's kind of unclear. But the dude, Finn, gets sucked into the tornado. <laughs> and this is, I think, I think that this scene alone should get nominated for an Oscar. They should make a new category for best, like, three-minute scene. And they should wait. <laughs> because, okay, picture this, right? Get your popcorn, get your jump juice. <laughs> I'm going to describe you the best cinematic scene you have ever heard in your life. <laughs> They've just electrocuted a tornado, Right? Finn gets sucked into the tornado, chainsaw in hand. He's now, like, flying through the air. (laughs) Passes right in and then right out of one shark. (laughs) Exactly paying homage. Exactly like he did in the first movie. But now he's doing it with ease he did that in a second flat he just went into that shark and then he 
all the way out with his chainsaw. And then right after coming out of the ass of this shark, (laughs) he lands on top of another shark and somehow gets a rope and rides it through the toilet. And he's riding this shark on the air through this tornado and then it drops out of the tornado and he skewers it on the top of the Empire State Building and does this sick slide onto the balcony of the Empire State Building, sees this random dead shark (laughs) next to him, uh, uh, reaches inside of its mouth. It's the same shark that ate his wife's hand at the beginning of the movie. (laughs) It's still her dead hand, still her dead severed hand, still has the gun (laughs) in it. So he takes hold of this gun plus severed hand and shoots all the sharks around him. And then, because <laughs> there's more. <laughs> and then he takes this severed hand with a gun that he's holding, that is his ex-wife's severed hand, and he takes off the ring from the hand <laughs> Poses to his ex-wife again. <laughs> now let's take notes. If I'm not proposed to <laughs> by someone riding a shark onto the <laughs> Empire State Building <laughs> and and shooting a severed arm at <laughs> people and then proposing to me, I don't want it. <laughs> And, and if you think that's romantic, <laughs> you know what else happens? Oh, by the way, his ex-wife is also on the top of this building with him. And she attached to her severed arm, like a, a saw, oh, yeah. like a circular saw or something. And she's like, and, and this shark flies up and it tries to eat Finn. It goes in this huge arc, and it tries to eat Finn like it did in the first movie, and she just slices it in half with her arm saw. I mean, take note. I absolutely take note. Isn't there a movie with a a girl with, like, guns for hands or guns for feet (laughs) or something? Some wild... This wild... I mean, she... Her arm got severed. Like an hour ago, and she decided she just ran here from the hospital straight out of surgery. And she's like, "Hey, um, you know what my plan is to to attach a circular saw to the end of my nibbed off point <laughs> so that I can have a saw hand." So much respect, girl. For both of them, for their relationship. How could a relationship, it failed the first time, but this time, they're back and better than ever, because how could you be more romantic than that? He's got his chainsaw, she's got her circular saw. I mean, they're made for each other. And that is the end of the movie, except they got another little homage 
because there's an end credit scene, very circa 2012 Avengers 1 style. Finn is in this pizza joint, just eating a pizza by himself, all tired. Yeah, that was great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, move over. Pizza's the new shawarma now, I think. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Also, because that happens, like, in the credits. And I, the credits are so good because they have, of course, the main characters. They're like, oh, Ian Sterling. (laughs) Not Ian Sterling. Not a uh, not beloved Scottish icon and narrator of Love Island, Ian Sterling. <laughs> Whatever the main dude's uh, actor's name is, um, they're like, oh, he played Finn, and this other girl played his ex-wife, and blah blah blah. But then they also give credits to like every quote-unquote unnamed extra in this movie, except they're all named. <laughs> like, there'll be a random person that like you meet for. Point three seconds, and they die immediately, and they're like, "Oh, that was Java Jones playing <laughs> Java uh, <laughs> playing Big Ed," and you're like, "Who? Who's Big Ed? We, I have never met this character in my life." Like they just came up with names for these characters. They didn't even have to say him in the movie. They're like, "He's Big Ed. We don't have to say that. That's what he is." They're giving them the respect. That they deserve and the backstories that they deserve. Even if the backstories and their names didn't make it into the final cut, they know. <laughs> the actors know. The characters know. know. And that's what matters. Um, and that's the end of this, this cinematic masterpiece that is Sharknado 2 colon the second one. Oh yeah, that's the name by the way. Sharknado 2 colon the second one. <laughs> I, I think. I think I want to meet the writers of these movies. Even the and name I want to kiss their feet. Is <laughs> because so I'm not good. worthy. Yeah. Oh, man. We have a lot to talk about still. Um, the first things that I want to mention is that, again, I listened to our Sharknado 1 episode in preparation for this, and I took a few notes on, on what we said. Uh, so the first Sharknado... We said it was very fast-paced and moved very quickly. This one is the same. It moves fast. There's always a lot happening. Um, In the first one, there was only one type of shark. In this one, the same. Except there was one scene where this octopus, like, flies onto a window. (laughs) Yeah, and it lingers on that shot for, like, a long time. Yeah, they're like, we heard your concerns. And here is one octopus. (laughs) Um, once again, we just have to point out this is not a shark tornado. This is a shark hurricane. We don't want to be too scientific here, but, um, that's just facts. It is, in fact, a hurricane. Sharknado, take notes. It's shark and sharkacane. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's a sharkacane. But they did take notes because in the first uh, episode, first Sharknado episode, we did roast them. Because the sharks in that movie growled, but in this movie there was no growling from the sharks. So they did take our advice, they did take notes on what we had to say, and they were like, we heard you, we see you, we feel you. There are no growls in this one. We're like, thank you. It's called science, it's called evolution. Uh- <laughs> yeah, it's called scientific accuracy. I'm so glad that they took our notes on it, um, like seven years after they'd already made the movie. <laughs> 
But, you know, listening back, they're like, oh, we did validate them in the yes. second in the second one. They said no growling and we didn't give them any growling. <laughs> so that's what we said in the in the first Sharknado episode. Let's get into our final thoughts for this episode. So what did you think? What do you what do you want to talk about? There's a lot to talk about here. Oh, there's so much to talk about. The characters, I mean, we already mentioned that they have, uh, like, backstories and, like, a, like emotional, believable backstories and names for every side character. Yeah, and the main characters, we got to delve a little deeper into their personalities, their families, their, their beef with each other. Um, and I, I have to say this, right? Because... Everyone else is too coward to say this. Everyone on Letterboxd, IMDb, even us in the first Sharknado episode. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But Ian Searing was kind of, you know, he was good. In this movie, he looked good. He looked real good. Yeah, dude. I, I Also, adding on to that, the acting in this movie, so much better than the first one. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think they really embraced... In the first one, they were, like, um, pretty, pretty <laughs> uh, good with the acting. But in this one, I feel like they kind of embraced it a lot more. And even in the references that they make to the first movie, there's a lot of, you know, homages to the first movie. But they kind of up the ante with this one, like the chainsaw stuff. In the first movie, he just, like, slices a shark in half with a chainsaw. Boring, right? He he, he uh, flies into that shark's mouth and he uh, cuts it open with a chainsaw and then Nova's in there and he gets her out. Boring. In this one, he does some kind of like fucking Olympic kickflip, backflip, slices it right down the middle. He's, it, it lands on his own two feet like a cat. It's just, they, they, every stunt that they had in the first movie, every reference to that, they just doubled it you know, in this movie. I kind of like that. Oh, girl, this is what we got to add to the Olympics is just, you know how in gymnastics they have like very specific things that you have to do. They're like, oh, you got to like jump on this trampoline and then do a triple flip and then do a double hop. I don't watch gymnastics. <laughs> um, they, Oh, this, oh, new sport for the Olympics. You got to jump off the Empire State Building into a hurricane chainsaw shark in half and then shoot a gun out of a uh, you gotta shoot a gun at a target out of the stomach of the shark that you were just in i i would absolutely watch that over hockey boring regular hockey <laughs> yeah listen not only is finn the 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 you know embodiment of modern romance, but he's also the embodiment of what an Olympic uh, champion should look like. <laughs> he's out there with his chainsaw, with his shark bites, with, you know, with his bombs ready to throw in those <laughs> shark names. He's jumping, flipping, diving all over the place, and uh, he doesn't break a sweat while doing it. He enters the uh, the Olympics grounds for the first time. They're like, okay, here's your uniform, here's your medal. Uh, here's your chainsaw, here's your bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> oh, um, also this movie has so many, like, just sort of cheesy hero one-liners that, mwah, just so, uh, 
some point. A lot of them have like stuff to do with sharks. Like when they were jumping on that shark uh floor is lava scene. Uh I think of either Finn or Sugar Ray is like he jumped the shark. <laughs> <laughs> like how you have to have studied English for you have to have studied not just studied, but like uh, uh, you have to have been a master, a true master of the English language, of literature, to come up with a line like that. Oh, there are a lot. Can I tell you some of my favorite lines in this movie? Oh, you may. <laughs> we, of course, have the jump the shark line. Um, we also have, and this happens, I think, two or three times in this movie, where there's, like, a weather girl, and she has this weather map. And you know how sometimes on weather maps in the extreme temperatures, they have little snowflakes falling or little <sighs> raindrops or, like, even, like, a, a, a sun or something going across the screen? Um, in this one, they have a shark animation just ready to go. <laughs> and and the, the weather girl is, like... Yeah, uh, you gotta, you know, get your umbrellas out because the the sharks are coming down at two inches an hour. <laughs> what does that even mean? Two inches of shark an hour, and then I there's I would never have thought to measure <laughs> to measure sharks in inches. <laughs> And then there's this other line, I forget who says it, maybe the taxi dude, but he goes, holy shark. <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful, amazing, fantastic, never been done before. Yes, Lady Gaga. Oh, and, and immediately after April comes out of her Billy Ray Cyrus surgery, and she's like totally cool with it. And and Finn is also like not worried about her or upset at all. Um, He just says... Next time you offer to lend a hand, don't be so literal about it. Oh, my God. He's got the jokes ready to go. The whole time she was in surgery, he was just, like, coming up with his bits. Oh, he's got the banter. He's got the banter. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I I have one more. And it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Because, um... I I think it's Sugar Ray that says this. I forgot who. But uh they're talking to Finn, and they're like, oh, you want to make some bombs? I'll go to the toy store. I'm sure there's something we can put in a bomb. What? What? <laughs> what do you mean, Sugar Ray? What are you going to find at the toy store, Sugar Ray? <laughs> I, even the characters in the movie question, they're like, what do you, what do you mean a toy? And they're like, trust me. <laughs> And then they never do that. They go to like convenience store. Oh, also we gotta met the cinematography in this movie so much better than the movie. The symbolism. Oh my god, I think the very first shot of this movie when they're on that plane is like the the wing of the plane coming up out of the clouds and it looks like a shark fin. Oh, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Oh yeah, and the whole time Finn wearing his shark tooth necklace. Mm. Also, his name is literally Finn. That's that symbolism. <laughs> I do want to say 
that uh, just a couple of last things. They did a really good job with the references, not only to the first movie, but they did a, a good job referencing other movies like uh, we got Jaws, of course. We got a little bit of Back to the Future in there. We got you know, a lot of movies. We got Airplane. Um, so I think they did a good job with that. You can tell that the Asylum, like, they love the movies that they're parodying instead of uh, hating on them, and that's why they make these movies. Um, again, the actors did a really good job, I think, in this one, especially Finn. Like, he really leaned into this movie. And, um, yeah. It was really Finn. It was really... <laughs> it was really Finn. He was in this movie. I was going to say it's really fun. <laughs> you know what? I I will choose to believe that that was an intentional joke. To believe yeah. that that was just a big brain moment. <laughs> yeah, not a little stroke I had. <laughs> so, it's a new season. We have a new theme. We have a new theme song. And now... We're going to introduce a new segment onto the show. Very exciting. So we did a lot of roasting, um, even in our toasting season, and we made a lot of criticisms, but we're trying to be more constructive about it, I guess, this season, even though we didn't have a lot of criticisms for this movie. Um, but we're going to try to implement a new segment um, for our third season, and it's kind of what we would improve um, for these movies because we say a lot of things that we didn't really like about the movies not this one but other ones and we don't really say how we would change things to make them better so we're going to introduce a new segment about what we would improve and it's really sad that we have to introduce it on this episode because I don't know a lot that I would improve in this movie because it's it's so fun Honestly, agreed. I think I only have like ma- like one point, maybe of uh, some, and it's not even like a big thing. It's just okay. You mentioned right when we talked about the octopus that they only have one type of shark in this movie, and when we were talking about the theme song, right? Uh, they mention like four or five different types of sharks in the theme song. So I think we could get some Makos going, some Threshers going, some Hammerheads, get some Uh more different types of silhouettes going on. I do like that, because that's the thing I was going to bring up, too, is that they focus a lot on the sharks in um, in these movies. And I'm like, where are the fish? They have that one octopus, but where are the others? You know, where are the other uh, sea creatures? Where's the manatees? I want to see some manatees in these. Like, what else is being swept up into this uh, Sharknado that we're not seeing? Yeah, we gotta <laughs> got to add a little bit of realism to this. <laughs> <laughs> but other, I mean, I think plot-wise, it was good. It I mean, there is not much plot to these movies, but I don't think you watch them for Oscar-worthy plots. Um, the characters were a lot better. The just kind of every I don't I don't know what I would change. Yeah, even like the CGI wasn't great, but I think it's funnier when it's not like good CGI. Like I think it adds to it that it's not like perfect. Uh, Avengers Endgame CGI. It's just like kind of shitty. <laughs> yeah. Kind of shitty planes and sharks. 
you know what? I agree because CGI is something that kind of changes a lot uh, with the new technology that's introduced. I remember watching like the Polar Express as a kid and being like, oh, my God, you can't even tell the two. And now, like, you watch the Polar Express and it's like the most uncanny thing <laughs> with the CGI. <laughs> um, so it's almost better to make it intentionally bad CGI than trying to make it as perfect as possible. So then in five years, you'll be like, could do better. Yeah. I think maybe the only other thing I would add is like, again, we don't watch for the plot a lot. So if they would like to dumb down their plans that I did not understand, <laughs> yeah. then they can just like say ridiculous things like we need to, use this lightning rod and electrocute the storm. Like, I would have them rather have them uh, said that than, oh, because of the cold air, blah, 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 we need to, I don't care for that shit. Just say what you mean, you know? Just say the most, whatever whack plan, just say it outright, because I will go along with anything. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say maybe the, not the op, well, you could kind of go either way. Like, I think either, like, actually apply close enough science to it um but i don't know if that would fit the vibe of this movie i like their kind of super over the top plans that they come up with but yeah i agree just just say what you mean we're gonna electrocute this tornado got it (laughs) go for it (laughs) yeah so i guess that's um that's that segment for uh this episode we're going to be bringing it back the the rest of the season so i hope we have some more um improvements that we could actually uh bring forth because this movie was pretty solid just like the first movie they they both knew what they wanted to uh give us and that's exactly what we got (laughs) and uh now we have some trivia before we get into reviews so uh i already talked about you know, Will Wheaton was on the plane. Billy Ray Cyrus was in that doctor show where he was the doctor. Um, there are a lot of in-jokes about Jaws. A lot of the characters are named after Jaws characters. The band was uh, named Quint after the mayor in Jaws. Um, this one is interesting. Two pieces of tie-in merchandise were released to coincide with the release of Sharknado 2, and this is something I'm getting off Wikipedia. Um, they had Sharknado the video game, an endless runner video game, which was released in 2014, mostly to negative reviews, and they released the actual book that um, Finn was supposed to be promoting, which is How to Survive a Sharknado. Um, and that was released in 2014 also. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And this piece of trivia, also from Wikipedia, I think all of these are, um, Archie Comics released a story about Archie Andrews encountering a Sharknado <laughs> leading up to the third film. What? And now I'm wondering... If that's the new season of Riverdale. I was just going to (laughs) say. I would not be surprised, honestly. Oh, wow. Season five. The gang's got to electrocute some Sharknados. Betty (laughs) has like the shark gene. (laughs) The Sharknado's being controlled by the mob. (laughs) (laughs) 
Wow. And <laughs> the last piece of trivia I wanted to bring up for today. Um, so there's a series uh, that runs kind of parallel to the Sharknado series. I think it's an Asylum series. I'm not 100% sure, though. It's called Lava Lantula. And, yeah, that's a combination of lava and tarantula. I hate it. I hate it all. I hate everything about it. So listen to this. Lava Lantula featured Sharknado's protagonist, Finn, in a cameo wearing a white t-shirt with crossed chainsaws. This indicates that it takes place in a shared universe. As he says, he has shark problems right now. This may indicate that the events of Lava Lantula take place just before or concurrently with Sharknado 3. Oh my gosh, we were just talking about a cinematic universe and they were already ahead of us. Mmm, Lava Lantula. I have a feeling we're not going to be watching that on this podcast. No, a couple of arachnophobes here. (laughs) Yeah, but I do like the idea of there being um, other animal-related natural disasters in this universe that nobody uh, brings up in these movies. (laughs) I guess we can, um, before we say our reviews, I guess we can... Let's dive into what the audience has to say about this movie. So we have three IMDb reviews. The first is by user Vincent underscore B, who gave it a 10 out of 10. And their tagline is, once again, sci-fi excretes yet another one. Um, I... I mean, I'm all for uh, thesaurus.com and finding um, maybe similar words. Things are a little overused. I I don't know if if excretes is the word I would use, but you do you. <laughs> I think what they're trying to imply with this is that wrongfully so, may I add, Sharknado 2 is a piece of shit. (laughs) Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Absolutely wrongfully. Are are they also maybe making homage to Finn's maybe shitty stank? (laughs) (laughs) That is also an option, yes. (laughs) Sharknado is the story of how Michigan is attacked by flaming sharks when a nearby volcano erupts. Okay, maybe not. But I can keep suggesting it, right? This sequel to the masterpiece, First Sharknado, is without a doubt the best made-for-cable movie you will ever witness on the Sci-Fi Network. As Winston Churchill once said, Criticism may not be agreeable, but it is necessary. It fulfills the same function as pain in the human body. It calls attention to an unhealthy state of things. This movie is just like criticism. You <laughs> will be in great pain. Yes, it is that awesome. <laughs> Some facts I learned while watching this movie. Alligators in New York sewers are a fact. Uh, the head of the Statue of Liberty is a lot smaller than I thought, roughly the size of a small truck. New York cab drivers are psychic. Shark fall uh can be measured by inches just like rain. Gun shops don't exist in New York, but automatic rifles can be found in the trunks of any car. 
Lightning rods require schematics and have both positive and negative leads and don't just run to the ground as I had assumed. As I called the original, a freakish child of Asylum Films and Sci-Fi Network, it has spawned something that mere words cannot describe. It is as if a mutant child gave birth to a killer cyborg and it grew up to become ruler of the world. We can only hope and pray that this new creation will somehow spawn yet another movie, or maybe a short-lived series. I am so confused whether that was a positive or negative review. <laughs> Either way, they got their wish. It spawned a lot of movies after this. What, seven, I think? I think so. Yeah. The next is by user Tearwolf99, who gave it an 8 out of 10. Tagline is, best campiness. Campy movies are not dead. Dot, dot, dot. They are alive and well on sci-fi. There are more B-list actors and cameos in this movie than I have ever seen in one place. Yes, the premise is insane, but it fits the campy genre well. There are sharks everywhere, and as the weather reporter states, there will be two inches of sharks falling an hour. Remember, this is not up for an Oscar. This is just the plain old guilty pleasure fun and excitement. The acting is actually quite good and dramatic. A little romance, a little bonding, tugging at the heartstrings. Again, this is for folks who appreciate a good, goofy action flick. It isn't Star Wars, but it's a kick. <laughs> I love that, that was um, sweet. Every review is mentioning that two inches of shark. <laughs> <laughs> Iconic. The last IMDb review I have is by user Miss Movie, who gave it a 5 out of 10, and her tagline is, So completely and utterly silly, but entertaining. I gave this movie a 6 because I thought it was thoroughly entertaining once you switched your brain off to how totally ludicrous it was. There are moments when Ian Zierling, who plays Finn, should get nominated for something for saying the lines and keeping a straight face. There were sharks. Lots of sharks. In places where you will never see a shark. Sharks in the streets, on stairwells, falling from the sky, swimming down New York streets. Yep, it was completely silly. But I still enjoyed it because all of the actors did a fantastic job of B-movie acting. Not a single one of them acted like they thought the premise was stupid or the dialogue was corny as hell or some of the special effects especially dumb. If you're going to make this kind of a tongue-in-cheek type disaster movie, this is the way to do it. Great fun, beyond belief, but an entertaining way to spend a late night couple of hours. It's got to be seen to be believed. Don't just listen to what your friends say about it. Watch it. It makes every other cheesy movie pale by comparison. My favorite part? Ian Zierling's Shark Walk. Watch it and you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That was a nice review. It was. We have some letterbox reviews here. They're a little shorter. And uh, I think we only have three today. So the first is by Parker, who gave it three out of five stars. And Parker says, definitely the best shark-based tornado movie I've seen this year. <laughs> wow, um, there must be a market for that. <laughs> the uh, second review is by Brendan, who gave it one star. Subway Worker 1, I can't believe I forgot my gloves again. Subway Worker 2, what are you, afraid of the dark? Is it, weird? <laughs> is it weird that, considering everything that happens in this movie, it's this that confuses me the most? 
not weird at all, I don't think. <laughs> and <laughs> the last review for today is by Alexander V, who gave it three out of five stars. I'm not sure what pills the people of the asylum are popping to get their creative juices flowing, but I want in on that. Sharks on a plane, flaming sharks, cameos of Will Wheaton, Kelly Osborne, Judd Hirsch, and Perez Hilton, stair climbing sharks, Manhattan surviving three EF5 super tornadoes, Ian Ziering playing Frogger with sharks. Indeed, if you want to make a tongue in cheek type disaster movie, this is the way to do it. Amazingly, actually far better than the original. Hmm. Interesting. Some hot takes. A lot of hot takes, and now I guess we'll get into our hot takes. Um, if you don't know, we rate all the movies that we watch on what we call the Gold Bloom Scale, which is a scale of bad movies. So 10 out of 10 is not a perfect movie. It's pretty good for a bad movie. And 1 out of 10 is so bad I could barely finish it. <sighs> so we've seen the first Sharknado. I, Amy, you said you re-listened to the episode. I did not. <laughs> don't remember. So I don't remember. Uh, what we gave the first movie. Okay, so uh, you gave it a 9 out of 10. I don't blame you. I gave it an 8.5 because I was thinking maybe the other ones in the series are going to beat the first one. Um, and just for reference, this movie got on IMDb uh, 4 out of 10, and the critics on Rotten Tomatoes gave it 61%, while the audience gave it a 31%. Oh, I so would have expected that to, I would have expected the audience to give it higher than the critics. Yeah, me too. Kind of a surprise, kind of a bummer, but um, yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking if I gave the first one a 9, I was thinking of giving this one honestly a nine but I think I like this movie Ooh, here's a tough take do I like this movie better than movie one yeah that's the issue I'm having too because I didn't rewatch the first movie I <laughs> only listened to our episode um but I do remember liking it a lot but I also like this one a lot I think I'm gonna go the same as last I think I'm gonna give this a nine it was surprise i mean these movies are so iconic yeah you know what i'm gonna follow your lead i'm gonna give it an 8.5 like i did um the last time because just just from the titles and the descriptions of future movies i'm really excited i think one of them involves time travel i'm not oh. gonna give a 10 out yet yeah i think uh i'll, I'll go the same too Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, such a good movie, though. Sharknado 2, the second one. And just as a reminder to what we have to look forward to, um, I'm just going to read you the names of the other movies in the series. So, of course, we've had Sharknado last year, and this year we have uh, Sharknado 2, the second one. Probably, very likely, for the first episode next season, we'll do uh, Sharknado 3. Um, which is called Sharknado 3, uh, colon, oh, hell no. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, if you think that's good, Sharknado 4, Sharknado, the fourth awakens. <gasps> I cannot wait to see that one. Mm -hmm. Sharknado 5, global swarming. Oh my gosh, these are, these are fantastic. And the last Sharknado, Sharknado 6, 
The Last Sharknado. It's about time. I think that's the time travel one. Wow. I mean, th- these. Uh, what I love about these movies is how they just don't take them seriously. <laughs> these naming schemes really show that. <laughs> well, we got a lot to look forward to. But until then, if uh, anyone listening has seen Sharknado or Sharknado 2, um, you can uh, email us your thoughts at badmoviesundaypodcast at gmail.com or um, we're on Twitter, Letterboxd, at BMS Podcast. Or if you have fun movies that we can do for Season 3 because we have a lot lined up but um, plenty of spots to fill. So we're looking for some fun ones. Also... Uh, our new theme song was, uh, Riptide by Kevin McLeod. You can find it on his website, incompetech.filmmusic.io, and he has a bunch of free songs on there. It's really good. And, um, yeah, that's, I guess that's all we have for today. I have been Ashley. And I have been Amy. And we will see the rest of you next, next week. 2021. Have a lot of fun, guys. Happy New Year.